Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and uh, this issue's package is the innovation special and it covers stories from nanobiotech, education, agritech, healthcare and uh, much more. On the cover is uh, the drug maker uh, Biological E which will soon co-develop and uh, manufacture COVID-19 vaccines and uh, it's up against giants in the business. Joining me on the call are authors of the cover story Divya Shekhar and Manu Balachandran. Hi Divya, hi Manu. Hi, hi, Abhishek. Uh, Divya, if you could take the first one, is uh, what is the package about? The package covers a variety of stories, and this year, particularly innovation, was the key to a lot of things. Right from uh, looking at uh, what is happening with the COVID-19 vaccine trials, which is in the penultimate stage, to uh, looking at sector-wise changes or sector-wise innovations that have shaped the way we work or shaped the way companies work. For example, we have package on uh, edtech startups, you know, where we look at entrepreneurs, innovators, and nonprofits who are coming up with newer methods of teaching so that students across socioeconomic strata have an equitable access to education. Then we have looked at uh, various uh, key areas like healthcare, F&B, hospitality, travel and tourism, etc., to see how people in these different sectors have adapted to the changes that have taken place this year and what are the technological innovations and products, etc., that they have come up with to adapt to the two changes. Yeah. And when you say uh, changes, today we had a big change the day that we are recording in the UK. It became the first nation in the world to approve a vaccine which will be put to use from the following week. So things are indeed changing almost daily. Manu, if you could take this one, uh, tell us about uh, Biological E. Uh, Not exactly a household name. Uh, It is uh, from the story that you guys have put together is the largest producer of tetanus exports to over 100 countries is what I read. At the moment, the current CEO of the company, uh, sorry, the MD of the company is uh, is Mahima Datla. The company was founded by her uh, by her grandfather, both paternal and uh, maternal grandfathers, actually. And it was founded in 1948. And they started out with manufacturing heparin. And heparin is used to sort of prevent uh, blood clots, uh, you know, in the human body. Over a period of time, they did diversify into uh, tuberculosis drugs, into animal vaccines and things like that. And then sometimes through the, you know, the mid 90s, they went through a sort of a restructuring and they brought in McKinsey. And when they finished with the restructuring, they forayed into vaccines. When they forayed into vaccines at that point, while they had been focusing on the on the tuberculosis drugs and the animal vaccines and all of that, Mahima felt that, you know, vaccines could go a long way in actually, you know, in the company's future. That is when they actually forayed into into pentavalent uh, vaccines. It basically contains about five antigens, and that's diphtheria, pertussis, tetanus, hepatitis B, and H1 influenza B. And uh, and that was that was actually their big foray. And th- over the past uh, two decades since that whole restructuring, the opportunity actually came through right now with uh, with uh, J and J Johnson and Johnson, who actually contacted them uh, to manufacture uh, in bulk about 500 million doses of their vaccine that is currently under trial. They're looking to manufacture about three other uh, or targeting to manufacture three other vaccines, all three of their own, but one is actually right now in the phase two study, I think. Phase one, two trials. Uh, it's uh, being uh, uh, developed along with Houston-based uh, Baylor College and U.S. pharmaceutical firm Dynavax. 
So basically, uh, they are currently uh, assessing four different formulations to determine safety and dosage requirements. So in India, they are conducting the phase one to clinical trials with about 400 people, which will go on till February. And after that, uh, depending on the results of the trial, they launch their biggest phase three trials with around 30,000 people. You know, that should take forward the safety and efficacy route that the vaccine needs to take. Unlike other industries, whether it's uh, cola or car, where every company has its own positioning statement or when they uh, you know, launch a new variant or a new brand. What is it in vaccine in that apart from speed, how can one company differentiate itself from the other saying that, hey, my vaccine is better than yours or is it is it speed and money or is there more to it? You know, metaphorically speaking, almost all companies who are working on COVID-19 vaccine candidates these days are not placing all their bets on a single candidate. For a virus that we know so little about and, you know, for which we have been working to develop a vaccine only, you know, about a year's time, which is which itself is historical in terms of speed. I think it makes sense to uh, experiment with multiple platforms to see which technology offers what kind of uh, Uh, efficacy outcomes or safety effectiveness outcomes. So I think right now, it's very difficult to say which technology exactly will work or what exactly will happen or which one is better than the other. And and that's something that even Serum Institute is doing, right? I mean, Serum Institute is betting on about four or five different uh, vaccines actually at the moment. Uh, AstraZeneca, of course, is the biggest one uh, because, you know, I mean, globally, there has been a lot of bet on that, but they're also developing with uh, Codigenics, they're also, you know, with Novavax and two other vaccines as well. And then, you know, other pharmaceutical companies, they look at, you know, vaccines as well as treatment. Now, say, for instance, uh, Dr. Reddy's, uh, they look at vaccines and uh, which is one part of the whole, uh, you know, dealing with the with the pandemic. But they're also looking at cure. So so it's, it's actually a multi-pronged strategy that pharmaceutical companies across the world have been uh, undertaking. Let's say that in the race, uh, they, you know, hypothetically do better than others. When it comes to uh, having this distributed to the masses or uh, to keep up with the demand, how will they fare? At the end of the day, the distribution strategy will not be decided by one company, Akshay. Uh, it'll be up to the government to figure out how they will go about the distribution. Now, whether it goes, whether it's with Serum Institute of India or with Biological or even Dr. Reddy's. What Biological can do is ramp up on their production and keep Stockpiling, um, just like what Adar Nawala is doing with AstraZeneca vaccine, they're looking to stockpile the vaccine adequately enough so that when the need comes and when the government decides on the strategy of distribution, they can sort of provide that. But these vaccines, unlike what the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines that have been developed and that, you know, the emergency utilization that's going to happen in the UK, they don't require, you know, those minus 70 degree Celsius storage and, you know, problems like that. So I don't think the companies will have so much of a role as much as the government would in terms of, you know, the distribution and, uh, and the storage. Right. Let's switch to the government. Uh, Both of you have also written another long uh, story on what is India up against when it comes to immunizing such a big chunk of uh, population. Where does one begin? India uh, has been a powerhouse when it comes to vaccine manufacturing. Around 60% of the world's vaccines are being manufactured currently in India. But the focus now is basically to address the deficiencies that we have with respect to storing and distributing these COVID-19 vaccines. So even though our manufacturing capacity is a lot, 
we do not have sufficient capacity to store those vaccines in terms of you know the cold storage uh, supply chain that they need or uh, enough uh, capacity to even administer those vaccines which is why the government has just announced that they would procure around 500 million doses which is to vaccinate half the population as of now we are in the final stages of uh, vaccine and clinical trials even though our manufacturing capacity is adequate we now need to look at turn our focus into other areas as to you know how we build them up to scale efficiently and to administer the vaccine to people the health minister announced that we will have all of this ready by august 2021 where about 500 million doses will be administered that's right i mean you know i mean when your storage and distribution channel is not essentially sorted and we've really not seen anything uh, you know happening on that front uh, except some voices here and there or something that we may not be really aware of but when when you don't have those facilities ready and set up then the question is how do you administer that to all these people we have the infrastructure you know for immunization programs for children but when it comes to you know adults we've never really had anything like this before the question is also whether these are going to be single dose or double dose vaccines right or in some cases it could be even be uh, vaccines that will require three shots so how do you essentially work the back end of dealing with all of this is going to be a big challenge which we've really never addressed so far because all that we've been focusing on is the development of the vaccine and uh, once that is through now the big question is how do you administer that honestly from what we've figured so far is that uh, we we don't really have so much of the infrastructure to do that and in fact some of the countries are facing a challenge of whether to make this mandatory or not it is on the volition of the citizen whether to get that jab so those kind of questions will also be on the anvil uh, in terms of decision making i think right now the government's focus is just that uh, they are going to prioritize rollouts of covid-19 vaccines it will be prioritized to taking it to health workers and frontline workers first and then people with comorbidities and then so on and so forth so so that's about it so i think we'll read more about that uh, on forbes india and due course and hope to chat with uh, both of you uh, when you do some sort of a follow up story on this nearer the time thank you very much manu and divya for your time on this podcast thank you thank you so much abhishek uh, all you listeners you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com as well as on uh, stitcher spotify google podcasts and itunes and to have someone call you for a forbes india subscription message forbes to 51818 and also look for other podcasts from uh, forbes india there's one called teenpreneur an interview series with young entrepreneurs and we also have from the bookshelf of forbes india conversations about business economics and books